from you. Love Talk Radio. I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloudless sky. Praise God, I'm drinking at the fountain that never shall run dry. Oh, yes, I'm feasting on the manna from a bountiful supply for I am dwelling in Newland. Yeah, I'd be fine. Yeah, right? Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I hadn't sang it in a long, long time. Huh? Hell yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Well, amen. We can get started here in just a second. We're going to turn. Let's stand together. <laughs> 
while she's getting set down. Let's stand together and uh, get ready to sing this morning. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. I'm glad I'm still saved, aren't y'all? Amen. Turn to number 52. We're going to sing praise him, praise him, Jesus our blessed redeemer. our blessed Redeemer. Sing, O earth, this wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, highest archangels in glory. Strength and honor give to His holy name. Like a shepherd, Jesus will guard His children. In His arms, He carries them all day long. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. For our sins He suffered and bled and died. He our rock, our hope of eternal salvation. Hail him, hail him, Jesus the crucified. Sound his praises, Jesus who bore our sorrows. Love unbounded, wonderful, deep and strong. Praise him, praise him, tell of his excellent greatness. Praise him, praise him, ever in joyful song. Praise him. Praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Heavenly portals, loud with hosannas ring. Jesus, Savior, reigneth forever and ever. Crown Him, crown Him, prophet and priest and king. Christ is coming over the world victorious. Power and glory unto the Lord belong. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent greatness. Praise Him, praise Him, ever in joyful song. Praise God. He deserves the praise. Amen. We talked about that Wednesday night, how God, we ought to show forth the praise, amen, of God in our life. Amen. And and. And I need to work on it just like you do. Amen. It's something we need to practice every day. Amen. It ain't like breathing. You do that You do that without practice. Amen. But you got to practice praising God. Amen. So we need to, we need to be about that. But anyway, uh, before we take up the offering, uh, I want to do something real quick. I did this the other day for Miss Charlotte, so I'm going to do this for Miss Phyllis back there on the back row. Amen. And... Uh, and I, I'll just I'll just play this one, sister. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Phyllis. Happy birthday to you. Amen. And many more. Amen. Praise God. We're just glad we're just glad you're here, sister. Amen. I'm thrilled all of you are here this morning, amen. We get a chance to meet together and go to the Lord and talk to him and lift up all our burdens and lay them at his altar and 
and ask God to deal with them. So this morning, is there any prayer requests this morning we mentioned before we pray? Anybody? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Miss Charlotte? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Sure will. Her son, Robert, he, he, uh, he needs to be saved. Pray for his salvation. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Sure will. Sure will. We need we need to we need to pray for uh, Morgan's husband Angel for his salvation. Lift him up in prayer, and uh, let's just let's just ask it. You got anything? I'm talking to you. You stand up here. <laughs> you ain't got nothing? Okay. Well, you just look like you have something on your mind standing there. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> Well, let's go to God in prayer this morning. Let's ask God. Listen, most of all, let's ask for God to meet with us. Yeah. Let's expect it. Let's anticipate God showing up and speaking to our hearts this morning. Amen. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Save, save, my sins are all 
guilt is all gone. Saved, saved, I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. The Father, he spake, and his will it was done. Great price of my pardon, his own precious son. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Saved, saved, my sins are all pardoned, my guilt is all gone. Saved, saved, I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. All hail to the Father. All hail to the Son. Hail to the Spirit, the great three in one. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Saved, saved. My sins are all pardoned. My guilt is all gone. Saved, saved. I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Turn to 116. 116. Victory in Jesus. Amen. I'm so glad I got the victory. Thank God. The devil is a loser. Amen. And he ain't got me. Praise God. I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And some Jesus came and brought to me the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory. 
Beneath the cleansing flood I heard about a mansion He has built for me in glory And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing up there The song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With his redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew him And all my love is to him He plunged me to victory Beneath the cleansing flood Amen Thank God for Jesus, amen Turn over to 151 Now this is one I used to sing a long, long, long time ago I hope and she said, y'all used to sing it, so I hope you remember it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I used to dismiss, when I was in Bible college, I used to dismiss church services a lot of times with the first stanza of this one, but I sure do like it. Amen. Dwelling in Beulah land. Far away the noise, the strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth be set on every hand. Doubt and fear and things of earth in vain to me are calling. None of these shall move me from Beulah land. I'm living on the mountain underneath the cloudless sky. Praise God, I'm drinking. At the fountain that never shall run dry Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna From a bountiful supply For I am dwelling in Beulah land Far below the storm of doubt Upon the world is beating Sons of men in battle the enemy withstand Save am I within the castle Of God's word retreating Nothing then can reach me Tis Beulah land I'm living on the mountain Underneath the cloudless sky Praise God I'm drinking At the fountain that never shall run dry Oh yes, I'm feasting on the manna From a bountiful supply For I am dwelling in Beulah land Let the stormy breezes blow Their cry cannot alarm me I am safely sheltered here, protected by God's hand. Here the sun is always shining, here there's naught can harm me. I am safe forever in Beulah land. I'm living on the mountain 
Underneath the cloudless sky Praise God I'm drinking Of the fountain That never shall run dry Oh yes I'm feasting On the manna From a bountiful supply For I am dwelling In Beulah land Viewing here the works of God I sing in contemplation Hearing now his blessed voice I see the way he planned Dwelling in the spirit here I learn a full salvation Gladly will I tarry In Beulah land I'm living on the mountain Underneath the cloudless sky Praise God I'm drinking At the fountain That never shall run dry Oh yes I'm feasting On the manna From a bountiful supply For I am dwelling In Beulah land Praise God Mom I'm going to get you to come up this morning I sprung this on her Y'all Y'all pray for her. She don't like nothing sprung on her, but it's like this. I was trying to think, what are you going to sing this morning? I want to sing a special something. And this song crossed my mind, and I thought, well, i got to have Mama. So here she comes. Amen. And it's been a little bit since we sang together. Been a little bit since we sang this song, so... Man. 
crucified. No greater love for mortal man has ever been known. Oh, praise his dear name, he loved me so. Now I am his, he's mine, I know. He suffered it all because he loved me. Oh, praise his dear name, he loved me so. Now I am his, he's mine, I know. He suffered it all because he loved me. He suffered it all because he loved me. Thank you, Mama. Amen. Praise God. I love to sing with her. Amen. I've been doing that since I was just a wee little boy, sitting on the pew with her. I always loved listen. I always loved listening to her harmony. Amen. Amen. Well, good to be in God's house today. Praise God. Part 154 of Getting to Know Jesus. We're going to pick up right where we left off, except we're going to jump over into Mark to to, uh, to carry on with the narrative this morning. So if you would, turn over to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and uh, we'll be in verses 41 through 44. But we're going we're gonna to read back, and I'm... Again, Matthew's account last week took up a whole chapter, okay? But in Mark, he shortens it very, very short. And we're going to start there looking in verse 35, and we'll read down to verse 44, and uh, and then we'll we'll pray and we'll get into the message this morning. But anyway, sure good to be with you this morning. Good to be in God's house and good to see all your faces. Glad that you're here. Glad to have people tuning in to listen to us this morning. And uh, it's always a blessing to know that we have... People listening to us all over the world, and uh, not just the ones listening live, but then it's 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 put onto YouTube, and there there are many people that'll listen even later on. They'll go back and hear them, and it's just it just always thrills my soul. And I I I can't deny I like to go in there and look in the comments and see where it's blessed somebody. Amen. Not not say oh look at me, but to to know that it's reaching people. Amen. And I'm just, I just thank God that he counts me worthy to preach his word and that somebody out there said, hey, other people need to hear this. I'm thankful that it's getting out there. And uh, I hope it blesses and touches hearts today. So let's begin there in verse 35 of Mark chapter 12. And Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost that David said to my Lord, the Lord said to my Lord rather, I'm sorry, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. And he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes, which love to go in long clothing, and love salutations in the marketplaces, and the chief seats in the synagogues, and the uppermost rooms and feasts, which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers, 
these shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we come before your throne this morning. Lord, and we, we bow before you. We know that, Lord, we're nothing without you. Lord, we have a, a hunger. We have a a thirst in our souls for your presence, for your teaching, for your touch, for your assurance. Lord, just for the peace that comes in knowing Jesus and the grace that is abundant. Lord, we need it today. We need you to teach us. We need you to steer us, steer our thinking. Lord, as this world surely has an influence on what we call a successful life, Lord, the world has its its ideas of such, but, Lord, we know that Jesus taught us differently. And, Lord, as Grant uh, talked about during Sunday school, uh, you know, Moses looked at Egypt and all of its pleasures, and he decided it was better to suffer for Christ or suffer for, for righteousness, suffer for God, than it was to suffer, uh, to enjoy sin and, and, and suffer that way. Lord, he, he, he counted suffering for you the best choice. And Lord, I pray today that we'll understand some things, that you'll open our mind, our heart, and our soul, and let us see today that your way is perfect, even though the world may not agree. Lord, I just pray that you'll that you'll stir us up today. Let your Holy Spirit of God work in our life. Bring us, Lord, to uh, decisions. Lord, maybe back to some resolutions we've made. Lord, some, some uh, promises we've made at your throne. Lord, we ask you today, please, bless us and help us now. In Christ's name, amen. All right. So we're going to talk this morning but, uh, but about the widow and her, and her giving those two mites. But before we do, let's just, I just want you to understand that this, a lot of times this gets taught, and it's taught standalone. It's just by itself. A preacher will get up and he'll preach on tithing, and he'll pull the widow's mite out as an example to teach on tithing. But really and truly, that's not really what Jesus was teaching about. Uh, once we get it in the context, in the proper context, the Lord is not so much teaching about tithing as he is about how we, how we uh, live our lives for God, how we approach God, where our heart is at, how we function, how we express the love of God through our life. Uh, you know, the more I study, the more I realize that... that Again, the letter of the law is not near as important as the spirit of the law. Amen? That, that Christ, God wants us to give. I don't want you to get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not going to stand up here this morning and say we shouldn't give. Amen? I know we should give. But that's not really the amount, uh, whether or not we're, we're, we're ticky-tack with our giving, is, is not so much important as our heart is in the right place when we give. And that's really what we're going to kind of talk about. But... Uh, but you know, in the in the in the last week's teaching and, and even the week before, the Lord addressed the doctrines 
of the religious leaders, and he pointed out how that they were hypocrites, how that they they wanted to be look to look pretty on the outside. They wanted people to admire them. They wanted the prestige that came along with the position that they held. But but and it was all on the outside. Again, they exaggerated the outside to try to make themselves appear to be godly and spiritual. But the truth was, Jesus called them out on it, and he said, "You're whited sepulchers. You're like." Uh, a whitewashed stone on the outside made to look clean and pretty. But on the inside, you're, you're full of dead men's bones. You're, you're rotten on the inside. He called them snakes. He called them vipers. They, they're, they're, they're come in, in subtle, they come in subtlety, uh, but, they, but they attack and they, and they take what they want. And, and that's how they, they did with, and it said over here, let's see which verse, in verse 40 that we read earlier, it said that they devour widows' houses. They see where a, the man has passed away, and and this family will just will just hypothetically create this family in our mind. Uh, you got an older couple, and they've served God together, and they went to the temple together, and they've gave offerings together, and 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 they've been faithful. And then the husband passes on. And suddenly the Pharisees, they see an opportunity to take advantage. And what they would do, they'd go into the homes there and, and they'd begin to, 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 to uh, manipulate the widow and guilt her into giving and, and more than she was able to give. And they would eventually rob her out of, of her house and home. They would get her to give herself into absolute abject poverty. They did that to enrich themselves. They were snakes. They were vipers. Again, I, I have to compare them a lot to the crooked politicians of our day because they, they, they don't mind taking from people that hadn't got anything. They don't mind, they don't mind putting people in the poorhouse. They don't mind at all. That was the idea behind the, the, uh, the, the scribes. That was the, they, they, just, they, they used their influence. They used their position. They used their power to just suck up everything they could get. And they remind me, when you think of the scribes, I, I, again, I don't think it's going to bother anybody in here. It may bother somebody listening in, but I really ain't worried about it. Uh, they remind me a lot of the Catholic Church. They remind me a lot of the whole pope and the papal system and how they, 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 they intimidate, they, they use fear. They, they, they put the idea of, you know, God's going to punish you if you, don't, if you don't keep giving, 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 giving. And, and you know... I don't know if y'all ever seen inside the Vatican over there, but I believe they've got enough. Amen. They got more gold than I think just about any other country on the earth, and uh, you know their riches are just untold riches. Well, that it came by stealing from the poor. Amen. All you have to do is is, is look at the home of Benny Hinn or the home of Joel Osteen or, or or any of these televangelists, and you can and Kenneth Copeland. My goodness, he claims he boasts to be a billionaire, and uh, you know he's. They're always wanting to buy a new streamlined jet plane, some kind of jet plane. They they do it by stealing from the homes of those who who are are led by fear. And uh, so anyway, having said all that, let's get into the message. So this is the last incident, we'll say, of Jesus' public ministry. Uh, it wasn't his last. He'd already given his last sermon. This is the last incident. And what he's doing here, he's, he's watching people putting money into the treasury at the temple. He's just standing there watching. 
and he makes an observation about this one poor widow woman, and she probably never in a million years dreamed that she'd be have such a prominent role in scriptures when she was walking up there to give her little offering. She had no clue that, that we'd still be talking about it today. <clears throat> but he had just warned, again, about these pretentious scribes who devour the widow's houses, and I just read it, so I won't read it again. So let's get into the story. And uh, first of all, Jesus is, is watching them put money into the temple treasury. Mark twelve forty one, the Bible says Jesus sat over against the treasury, and he beheld how the people cast money in to the treasury. <clears throat> now, from what I've read, that this may have been one of 13 different receptacles that she could have gave her money into. Um, this area is known in the temple as the women's court, and these receptacles that, that they were putting the money into uh, and indicating how they wanted the money used, there were different things. There was the temple tribute. There was uh, uh, offering for the wood for the burnt offerings, and there was, an, uh, there was a place to give for the, the, the sacrifices, the cost of that. There was a place to give for the, the incense and on and on and on, and you could specify uh, you could specify uh, turn around and wake him up. You could specify uh, the offering of where it was to go. Amen. If you don't want me to call you out, don't go to sleep. Amen. But anyway, uh, so just to kind of set the scene and see what's going on there. <laughs> Secondly, let's look at the contributions of the rich. There were a lot of them that gave large amounts. I'm sure, you know, uh, plenty. Uh, Mark 12:41 says, and many that were rich cast in much. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. I, praise God. I thank God for big givers. Amen. I think every pastor does. And, and thank God when, when somebody get it laid on their heart to give. And, and, and churches need funds. I mean, it, it won't run itself. So thank God when somebody is blessed and they say, well, we want to give to the church out of our abundance. Well, praise God for you. That's commendable. And, and you know, and it's very similar to what happened when they built the tabernacle in the wilderness over in Exodus 35. If you want to turn there, look at that for a minute. There's something to be to be seen in here that we need to see. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 20 through 29. If you want to turn there, you can. If not, I'll just read it. Exodus 35, 20. All, and all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came. Now listen, everyone whose heart stirred him up. Everyone whose heart stirred him up. And everyone whom his spirit made willing. So you you need you, if you're gonna give, your heart ought to be stirred up about it, and your spirit ought to be willing. Amen. And the Bible says, and they brought this the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewelry of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all of the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen, 
and, and all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. And the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Again, that word willing there, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And then you look over in verse 36, and there's five verses there, or six rather, beginning verse 2. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning, and all the wise men that brought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made, and they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment and caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. Amen? That's the way it ought to be. You see, when God stirs up somebody to give, then, and, and, then they want to give. Their heart, they're in wisdom, they say, you know what, it's good to give to God because God has given so much to me. And my heart, out of the abundance of my heart, I want to give. And, and, I, and, so, and they do, and, and when, when, everybody, when everybody has that kind of heart, toward the Lord, then there's going to be enough. There's going to be plenty. Amen? And that's the way God designs it to be. Amen? Not, you better give this much or we're going to get you. You know, that, and that's kind of the impression, that ruling by fear, that's how the Pharisees and the scribes, that's, a, that's the, the mood, the atmosphere that they had created. So what we see is we see that, hey, these people, and I picture them, you know, Jesus is leaning over there against the treasure. He's just sitting there watching. And, uh, you know, he's watching, and these guys, and I picture them coming in probably with chests, probably lugging them in heavy, you know, and they're, oh, my goodness, got, got coins spilling out on the floor, and they get up there, and you hear the money just rattling as it's dumped over in there, and people going, ooh, look how much they're giving, you know. I, I picture that kind of a thing going on because of the contrast that he, that he draws here. And, uh, you know, people... The Bible says, you know, you're not supposed to let your right hand know what your left hand is doing or vice versa. God's not, God, God doesn't want us drawing attention to ourselves when we give. Amen? I, I, I really don't think that we should. I really don't think if you're going to put a $100 bill on the plate, don't make sure it goes on, fold it out, dig it on top so everybody sees it when it goes by. I mean, hey, put 100 in if you want to, bless God, but, but don't try to get attention for it. Amen. And and I and I really feel that was that was what was going on here. They were bringing lots and lots to show how how abundant they had uh, they had been blessed and and nothing wrong with that, but not for attention. And uh and then there's the widow. Her contribution wasn't much. Really wasn't much at all. The Bible says that she threw in two mites. Tells us there in in verse 42. 
And and I don't want to bore you with a bunch of names of currency you've never heard of before, but they called it a quadrants. That's how much it was worth, a quadrants, which was one-sixty-fourth of a denarius, which is a day's wage. So what she gave was one-sixty-fourth of a day's wage. And if a day's wage was $25, then what she gave was the equivalent of about 80 cents. And let's be honest, that probably didn't make a dent in anything. Probably probably didn't buy a whole lot of incense. Probably didn't buy very many sticks of wood. Probably didn't do much of anything. Probably nobody ever would have noticed that she gave her little two mites. Not anybody down here. But Jesus noticed. Jesus noticed. He noticed the widow that gave more than all that had given to the treasury. That's what he said there in verse 43. So this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now with human reasoning and human mind, that doesn't make a lot of sense what he said there. How did she give way more? I mean, good night, she she only gave 80 cents. But see, they gave out of their abundance. They they had plenty. They had extra. That was probably some chests they had out in their garage that they wasn't even. They didn't even, they they had so much that that was just in the way. Let's let's take that out there and give that to God because, you know, I mean, I guess I'm supposing, but but from the story that Jesus is telling, that's how I see it. Amen. So she gave not just a little, but she gave everything. She gave everything that she had. And Jesus was so impressed with it that he called his disciples over. And he stressed to them the importance of what he saw. And, 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 he, and he, he prefaced that by saying to them, Verily, I say unto you. And that word verily, it means of a truth. You need to see this. You need to know this. You need to understand this. This is something you need to put in your pocket and carry it with you when I am in heaven and I'm no longer walking with you. You need to remember these things. And in the spirit of the observation he made, I want to give you some observations. And, and number one, here it is. Number one, he gave a lesson for his disciples. And it says he called his disciples to himself. Well, guess what? You and I are his disciples as well. So we need this just as much as they needed it on that day. Amen? I thank God that, that you know, the Word of God speaks to us just like it spoke to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the rest of them. Amen? I'm thankful that 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 he he's got a message for us today in this and and again and and it's not again it's for it's for every disciple that comes along it's for every child of God that that comes along and what can we learn from this example of this widow's might that she gave well we need to remember that that it had a value to God God measures giving not by what we give but by what we keep for ourselves. Amen? That was the difference. I mean, again, the rich people, they, they, they brought in a lot. I mean, they had chests full of treasures they were dumping off into there, but, but they had a lot, lot more at home, and it didn't hurt them to give. But when she gave, she gave everything. She had nothing left when she left there. There's a lot of difference in the two. The value of the gift is not the amount that's given, but it's the cost to the giver. 
What does it cost you to give? See, God measures the gift by the sacrifice that's involved in the gift. And I wonder this morning, and I and I'm and again, I don't want you to understand and misunderstand me. I'm not being critical of your giving this morning in church at all. I don't know how much you give. That's not my that's not my thought this morning. But you know, you and I have way more to give to God than what we can put in here. Amen. Our giving comes out of all kinds of things. We what what do you think we have more of than we have money? Probably have time. Amen. How much of our time? I heard somebody say this years ago. I guess probably thirty years ago. It was a deacon in a church who stood up and was talking about giving. They were having a they were having some kind of a, a, a thing where they were giving, trying to raise money. And uh, he stood up and he said, "You know, he said we got to thinking about it the other night." Said there's a what is it hundred and is one hundred and forty six or one hundred sixty four hours in a week. I can't remember which way it is, but anyway. But he said, you know, it's 160, I think it's 164. He said, do we, we, give, we, we say we ought to give God 10% of our income, but do we give God 10% of our time? Do you give 16.4 hours a week to God? He said, y'all too. Now, we ought to give God out of our, out of our what we have. Amen? Uh, listen, we've got talent. Your talent may be different than mine. I don't know what your talent is, but you know what it is. God gave you Ability to do something Everybody in here has the ability To do something for God And are you taking it and using it for God Are you See if I just sat at home and played my guitar And sang for myself all the time That'd be okay But but God gave that to me to sing for him And if I don't use it for him Then I then it's not it's not blessing anybody There's no purpose to it If Sister Joanne just played piano at the house And never sat, it, sat down and played here then Then she wouldn't be using it for God So We've got way more to give than just money. We need to be giving of ourselves as well. You know, thought about when we had this baby dedication here two Sundays ago. Was it two Sundays ago or three? Anyway, but uh, thought about that scripture that Lucas read, First Samuel chapter one, verse twenty-four and following. It said, "And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her." with three bullocks and an ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him into the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young, and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and and the Lord hath given me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. I mean, she gave she gave her child to God. You talk about a sacrifice. I mean, I, I know that's all part of God's plan, but you know what? That was a real woman giving her real child in, to, to the service of God and not enjoying all of the little things that she would have enjoyed had she raised that child herself. She sacrificed. I think of what Abraham was willing to do. When he went up that mountain, I mean, he was willing to sacrifice. Listen, God expects us to sacrifice. We're not down here to live a, a, a life of ease and comfort always. You know, we get too caught up in the American dream sometimes and think that we're supposed to always be comfortable and think that we're, you know, if, if, if we're not comfortable, then God's not blessing. Well, you got to realize sometimes God, uh, and I think you said this, other day, God allows sufferings in order for us to feel his comfort. 
We don't. We wouldn't if if we never if we never had to sacrifice. We'd never know the joy of God's comfort and God's and God blessing us for giving. Amen. When we give, you you cannot outgive God. Amen. You you may think you can. You may you may think, oh, if I do this, if I do that, I'm going to be miserable. But trust me, God is somebody you cannot outgive. You give with a little scoop, and God will give back with a corn scoop. Amen. Listen, you give you give with a corn scoop, God will give back with a front end loader. I mean, God is able to do all things. He's able to make He's able to make things abound towards you. Amen. I, I mean. I, God's good, Amen. God's good, even 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 if you hadn't seen it in a while. God's good. If you hadn't seen it in a while, you might ought to ask yourself why. Why hasn't God been blessing me? Maybe I've kind of gotten dull and stagnant in my Christian life, and I'm not giving like I should be. All right, but the Lord estimates giving by our motive, by our means, and by how much we have left. You know what? That's a good encouragement to those who have very little but have a great desire to give to him. I may not have much, but God God's not looking at the at the at the total. God's looking at the percentage. God's looking at, at, at where the heart, where it comes from. God God's God's looking at God's looking at how hard it is for me to give this. And when God sees that I'm doing this out of love for him, it's not out of I want I want brother so and so to notice how much I'm giving. I want the church to 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 pat me on the back and tell me what a good person I am. No. I want God to be pleased. God has laid this on my heart. God has told me to give and I want God to be pleased with me. That's where this comes from. See the liberality of the poor when, when when folks who hadn't got much of anything when they give most of the time and a lot of time it's 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 greater than that of somebody who has a whole lot. Amen. I, I mean that's the truth. When you when you when you start increasing, guess what? You start worrying about how am I going to keep increasing? You know, I, I need more. You know. What's was that verse that says that he that loveth silver shall never be satisfied with silver? If, if that's your love, amen, the Bible tells us the, the love of money is the root of all evil. If we start worrying about money, 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 and we take our eyes off of Christ, we take our eyes off of, of service to him and, and our debt that we owe to him because he gave himself for us, if we take our eyes off that and start focusing on, on zeros and ones, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to start drifting from what God wants us to be. We're going to start drifting away from that love and that compassion and that and, and, and the death that we owe to God. And the less we're going to listen to the Spirit of God when he tries to tell us to give of ourselves. Oh, we got quiet in here this morning. Amen. You start talking about giving, everybody gets real quiet. Amen. Praise God. It'll be all right. Amen. <laughs> but I want you to see some things here. Again, we, we, we've seen, he, he gave a lesson for his disciples. He talks about the value of the gift. But thirdly on this, it shows the importance of the person. <clears throat> what matters in God's sight is not what a person has. 
you know, if you listen to people like Joel Osteen, and I pick on Joel a lot because I don't like Joel's preaching, amen? But, uh, <laughs> and I don't think Joel, I don't think God likes the way he preaches either because he doesn't mention Jesus and he sure don't preach on sin. But anyway, he don't mention Jesus near enough. But anyway, uh, but if you if you go by the ideology that they preach, the Joel Osteens, the Creflo Dollars, the, the Kenneth Copelands and, and so on and so forth. They'll tell you, somebody who ain't got much, God ain't blessing them. Well, that sure messes up a lot of history, doesn't it? I tell you what, if we go back through history and we look at all the suffering that God's people have gone through and the great poverty that they had to endure, even in America, our Baptist forefathers who came to this country and lived in the colonies, they were, they were many times, they were disenfranchised, which means they couldn't buy or sell. Why? Because they stood on this book. They wouldn't bow down to the Anglicans in the Church of England, and they wouldn't take a license from the state to preach the Word of God. Christ is their sovereign. They didn't need any other, any other license other than this book. Amen? And because of that, they were told, you know what? Well, we don't want you down here trading with us. If you won't pay tax, uh, taxes to our ministers, that's fine. You won't be preaching. And uh, Listen, we're going to shut you down. A lot of people don't know that history. Amen? That's why they don't grow. They don't know where they came from. Amen? There's no roots. you got to know where you came from. Amen? I think that's one reason Baptist churches have gotten so liberal is because we don't know the struggle that our forefathers went through for us to, for us to know this faith that we have today. But it, God doesn't look down at a poor person and say, well, they're just not near as important to me as that fellow that's got so much. God, God owns it all. It, it, money, money is of very, very little value to God. Gold is of very little value to God. I mean, he makes, he makes pea gravel out of it, amen? That's what he poured his streets with, gold, amen? I mean, he, he puts it in his I mean, he puts the expensive stuff in his walls. I mean, God owns it all. He can do whatever he wants to with it. No. It's the devotion to God, our love for God, that causes one to give even when it costs them a lot. They look and they say, you know what? The cause of Christ is so much more important than me, than my material wants, than my physical cravings. Yeah, if I if I if I give, I may not be able to go out and have some fancy meal this week. I may have to sit at home eat sandwiches. But you know what? That's not too much to ask for God. Amen. I mean, I may not be able to run up down the road as much as I want to if I give to help this missionary. I may not be able to just burn gas and go do as I please, run to Dallas and spend money and go shopping. But praise God, you know what? Somebody might hear the gospel and get saved. And if God puts that compunction on your heart. We ought to give. Amen? We ought to give. Listen, I believe if God, you don't have to do it in the church house either. I mean, if somebody out there that you run across needs your help, God, and you give to them, listen, we ain't got to record it and the church secretary write it down. Bless God. God's got it. Amen? Hallelujah. We ought to be that, that kind of a Christian. We ought to be a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday Christian as well as a Sunday Christian. Amen. When people need help, we ought to be willing to help and give of ourselves, even if it hurts us a little bit to give sometimes. Because you see, 
You say, well, if I, if, I, if I did that, I wouldn't have nothing. Well, even the poorest of the poor can be rich in faith. Even the poorest of the poor can do great things for God. James, James chapter 2, verse 5, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? People ought to be measured by how much faith they have, not by what's in their bank account. Amen? Listen, God's people ought to look at things that way. Amen? I, I tell you, some of the some of the best people I've ever known didn't have very much, but they had a lot of love. Amen? They had a lot of compassion, a lot of concern for, for, their, for those around them. And then we come, again, we, come, we talked about the importance of a person. It, then we see the approval that Jesus gives of voluntary poverty. You say, voluntary poverty? Yeah, giving till it hurts. Giving till you don't know what you're going to do. But we're going to give anyway because God wants us to give. And that's exactly what this lady did. And she was in that shape. The reason Jesus is, is telling this is she's in that shape because they have robbed her of everything she had and where she had nothing left. She had everything taken away from her. But you know what? I guarantee you, if we were standing there today, and if there were the, 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 we had a good sampling of our religious community standing around watching this woman as she comes over there to her, to her place of giving and, and she goes into her little coin purse and she pulls out those two mites and throws them in, if, if the crowd standing there knew that that was all that she had, you know what they'd have done? They'd have criticized her. They said, well, she ain't thinking about the future, is she? What in the world is she doing? She's going to be hungry. After a while, somebody's going to have to feed her. They criticized her for giving everything she had. They criticized her for, for not planning for the future. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? You gave everything you had. They'd criticize her for becoming dependent on Israel's welfare system. Israel had a welfare system. It's in Deuteronomy 24, verse 19 through 21. The Bible says, When thou cuttest down thine harvest in the field and hast forgot a sheaf in the field, thou shalt not go again to fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. When thou beatest thine olive tree, Thou shalt not go over the bows again, for it shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow. When thou gatherest the grapes for the, of thy vineyard, thou shalt not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and the widow. God's got, God, God's got a plan to take care of those, amen, who don't have much. You see, her, her giving to poverty her voluntary poverty. It's just one example found in the Scripture. It's, this is, it's a theme in the Scripture. Jesus, Jesus himself chose that life. The Bible says in Luke nine fifty eight, And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Jesus was poor. Amen? He had nothing, and yet he had everything. He was everything. He is everything. And he counseled others to do the same thing. 
in their service as a disciple. If you remember uh, the rich young ruler who came to him in Luke eighteen twenty two. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not up here telling you that we all ought to give ourselves into poverty today and let's all go home flat broke. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am suggesting is is that sometimes God puts it on people's hearts to give far above their means. God puts it in their heart. And you know what? When he does, God's not going to ever rip somebody off. God's never going to do somebody wrong. God's never going to ask somebody to give more than, than, than they're able and him not bless them. God is not that kind of God. God is not cruel. What is God doing? God's teaching reliance on himself. He's teaching his disciples to trust him to provide for them. Matthew six thirty one through 33. What does it say? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of, the, of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, if that's where God wants us, then that's where we ought to be if that's where he wants you. Again, just like those who gave to build the tabernacle, God stirred their heart up about it. God stirred them up to do it. Amen? If God stirs you up to give, then you ought to give. Amen? And lastly, you know, the Lord's still watching how people give. He was watching that day. You know, he's still watching. It doesn't go unnoticed when we give, how we give, our motive, our, 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 what we do. Again, how much we keep. You know, there's that story in Acts chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira's wife sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. For And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. I always picture her. You know, she probably got on a big old hat with fly, with feathers and everything. I just picture her dressed up like one of these, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I ain't got to say nothing. But, you know, she came in in her best, probably with a little swagger in her step. We're giving a lot today, you know. And, boy, didn't she get a shock. <clears throat> Peter answered and said, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yeah, for so much. Peter answered and said to her, tell me. Uh, and, and, oh, I'm sorry. And Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them that have, which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell straight down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in, found her dead, and carried her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Don't think I'm telling you God's going to strike you dead if you, if you don't if you don't put you. 10% in the offering plate. That's not what I'm saying at all. But God's watching our motive. 
God's watching our heart. Why did God? Why did God strike Ananias and Sapphira down? Hey, I, I, your guess is good as mine. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't think their sin is any more grave than probably anything any of us in here have ever done. But God used it as an example to show that He's not playing about giving. He wants us to be Christ-like. Amen. That's what this really all comes down to. Are we being Christ-like in every aspect of our life, even when it comes to our money? You know, Christ Christ gave everything he had. And this little woman, she came and she repre- she was a picture of Christ giving everything he had. He was about to go to the cross of Calvary in just a few days and give everything he had. Again, he's still watching how we give. And those who give liberally and those who give cheerfully are going to be noticed. God notices that. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 5. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit or to notice the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How then in a great trial of affliction, their abundance of their joy and their deep poverty, they were broke. They were broke physically. They didn't have much of anything, but they had God. Amen? In a great trial of affliction, they were going through, but yet they had an abundance of joy in the middle of all that. Somebody would have looked at them and said, Good night. Y'all are in trouble. Y'all got all kinds of problems, and y'all ain't got any money. Y'all, oh boy, what a terrible situation. And they say, Well, yeah, but we got the joy of the Lord. And that's better than all the things this world can provide. Just like Grant was saying, Moses took and he looked at Egypt and everything. They had everything that anybody could ever want. But he said, you know what? I'd rather suffer with God's people. I'd rather be suffering than to have everything I could ever want. Amen? You know, and let me just say this. I know we're running a little bit over. I'm almost done. But in America, when kids go into kindergarten, what's the first thing they tell them? Follow your heart. Follow your dreams. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. Those are the things that they fill little children's minds with. And you say, well, there's no harm in that. They're just trying to give them encouragement to be something great. But the truth of it is, if that's not curbed with the teaching of serving and following God, then that turns into loving this world and the things that are in this world. That's, again, which goes back to Wednesday night. We've got to teach our children the ways of God. We've got to teach our children that it's okay to suffer for righteousness' sake. It's okay to give until it hurts. It's okay sometimes to to sacrifice for God. Amen? And he said, again, following up on that, he said, For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing to give. They were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You see, that's what we have got to do as individual believers. We have got to come to the place where we turn everything in our life over to God. Total surrender. Total surrender. God, here I am. 
here's me, here's my wife, here's my children, here's my grandchildren, here's my job, here's, here's our home, here's my vehicles, here's everything that I have. Lord, it's yours. I, I acknowledge with all my heart that it's all yours. And whatever you want me to do with my life and everything that I have from this point forward, I want to follow your will. That's, that's what it takes to be a successful Christian. You say, well if, well, if I've done that, what if God asked something of me I couldn't do? We're talking about God, y'all. Amen? We're talking about our Heavenly Father. He loves us. God is not a cruel taskmaster. He's the shepherd. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Amen? So what we need to realize is, is, is anything you give to God for safekeeping, God's going to take care of. And God's going to take care of you. Amen? But you see, they gave themselves to God. And everything that they had came along with it. You know, again, Jesus is still watching. And he's watching. Everything we do gets noticed by God. Hebrews 4.13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. We learn our giving doesn't escape the careful eye of the Lord. He sees it all. He sees it all. And so what that should do to us in conclusion, it ought to, it ought to cause us to prayerfully reflect on what we do with what we have. Are we willing to do whatever with whatever whatever we have for God? Are we willing, if God wants us to yield something in our life, or if God wants us to, to give something in our life, are we willing to do whatever he, whatever he leads us to do? I'm not saying what some preacher told you to do or what some other brother or sister told you to do. I'm telling you what God tells you to do. I'm not up here this morning asking for money. Believe me, that's not what I'm doing. I would rather you follow God's leading in everything you do than follow what I think. <clears throat> Regarding our own giving to the Lord's cause, we ought to think about how, chari how charitable we are. How charitable are we, uh, again, to missions? How charitable are we to the, to the affairs of the church? We ought to we 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 excel at giving, really. I mean, we're God's people. We can't, again, again, you can't outgive God. So we ought to excel at giving. But do we? I'm just going to close with this. 2 Corinthians 8 9, the Bible says this. It says, For ye know that the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Christ took off the robe of his glory. He set aside the, the wonders of heaven to come here and be homeless, be hated and scorned, and to be punished and suffer for something he did not do for me and you. And if he gave all that he is and all that he had for us, if he laid down his glory for us, what little glory we get in this world, we ought to be able to lay it down for him. Amen? I mean, he, we owe it to him, don't we? 
Amen. Just, just a willingness to say, Lord, I'll, 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 I'll do whatever you want. Amen. Let's stand together. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you this morning. We thank you for the message. Father, we just thank you so much for your precious love for us. And Lord, we know you'd never ask anything of us that was too great. Lord, we know that no matter what you call on us to do, Lord, you'll give us the grace to do it. Father, we just ask you please now, Lord, that you might bless the invitation. And Lord, that you might bless the hearts of those who heard today. And Father, I just I ask you please, you work in, in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What's the number we're singing, sister? 209. 209. What's the number? What's the title? Wherever he leads, I'll go. Take up thy cross and follow me. I heard my master say, I gave my life to ransom thee. Surrender your all today. My heart, my life, my all I bring to Christ who loves me so. He is my master, Lord and King, wherever he leads I'll go, wherever he leads I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Amen. Praise God. Good to be with you this morning. Amen. Come back tonight at 6. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be, uh, this will be the second week I've done the study on the Holy Ghost, and we're going to learn tonight some more about about who the Holy Ghost is and what he wants to do in our life, amen, and uh, just how, how God works all that out, praise God. So come tonight, and, and uh, we'll do that, but it's sure good to have you with us this morning, amen. All right, any word before we dismiss this morning? All right, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and be dismissed. Brother Dan, dismiss us, please, sir. All right, Lord, we're thankful. Thankful for this message.